So let's jump into the scriptures today. We are in the book of Acts. That's a New Testament book of the Bible looking at the church and the outpouring of the Spirit. So we're going to be in Acts 6 and 8. Yeah, we're taking an aggressive attack line today into the scriptures. A lot of fun. Check out what this is, how it opens in Acts 6. We're talking about hope on the move. Hope on the move. Hope on the move. Acts 6 starts like this. In those days when the number of disciples was increasing... This increasing reality in the church, this expanding work of the church, I could say in these days, as the church and his disciples are increasing, because that is what is happening. It says the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. There was a deficiency in the expression of ministry. One group was getting better treatment than the other group. I'm not trying to stretch the scriptures, but we would like our students to get a nice consideration for facility, not just us adults. Okay, sorry, that was too much. That's too much. It's just got my mind thinking about it all the time. There was this overlooking of the expression of God's ministry between one people group and another, particularly in the care for widows. So what'd they do? So the 12 gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. It's curious to me they didn't go, hey, let's get the seven best table waiters with the right skill. It wasn't that alone. They said full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn this responsibility over to them and we'll give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. This proposal pleased the whole group. They chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. Also Philip, Procurus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, sorry P, sorry man, probably botched it, and Nicholas from Antioch, a convert to Judaism. They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid their hands on them. So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. There's this interesting little picture we're catching here as the church is expanding. And what I want us to see as we understand our participation in the kingdom of God today, as we understand our witness today that the kingdom continues to expand. The good news of the gospel continues to reach beyond my own heart and life, and that's good news. And what we see is this picture of the community working together for empowered expansion. Those in leadership didn't hold on to it and control it. They blessed, they commissioned, and the kingdom expanded as more from the church were called into the story. If that's not a word for us today, I don't know what will be. It's not just for the followers and the disciples of Jesus to come consume the good news, but to contribute and commission it going out from us to others. Multiplying disciples, then multiplying ministries. And if you keep reading through the New Testament, multiplying churches. 
This is why we are anchored in a posture of kingdom multiplication, because it is the story of God being written in the earth. And it's about the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So here's my first question to us. Will we embrace a life full of the Spirit, full of the Spirit, and full of faith? Just just simply, the invitation in this text is for us to say, God, we need to live lives full of faith for what you're doing in the earth. And the best way to get in on your story is an empowerment from the Holy Spirit. Who did they choose? Full of the Holy Spirit, full of wisdom. Stephen. This is the foundation of our witness. As the ministry is scattered to the people, the church needs people who will step up and say, I'll participate. God, use me. Let me grow in wisdom. Let me grow by a greater awareness of your Holy Spirit leading me and guiding me that the good news of Jesus be proclaimed. Y'all get on board with this? This sounds great, right? I mean, listen to what it says. This is in Acts 6, verse 7. So the word of God spread, the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. Rapidly. And a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. There's this transforming work that God is up to. Transforming work that God is up to. Here for us, I just want to, I want to give some tangible things of how do we take that text for us here right now. One is small groups. As God is inviting us to maybe see an expansion of his kingdom here in this city, what we need are more groups being led by leaders who are commissioned, full of wisdom, full of the Spirit, to create enough space to make sure everybody's discipleship journey is being cared for. It's small groups. It's ministries to kids and to students to make sure that the work of God in the next generation is being cared for, and it doesn't feel like there's this split where some get the good stuff and others are being left out. It's a church body saying, God, use me. Multiplying disciples, multiplying ministries, multiplying churches. The word of God spread rapidly. How many of you are up for a rapid spread of the word of God? I am. It's good news, right? Let's see it happen. Now, here's what's interesting. Acts 8 tells us that hope spreads. So we're going to jump to Acts 8. I used Acts 6 as a setup, just fair warning. Because you keep reading in the book of Acts. Stephen, you might go like, oh, that's cool, Stephen, full of the Spirit, full of wisdom. It doesn't turn out so good for him by human life standards. And here's why I know that. Acts 8, verse 1. And Saul approved of their killing him. Some of you are like, I'm not signing up for that ministry anymore, Kurt. Acts 8, verse 1. And Saul approved of their killing him. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem. And all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. 
But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. How often do you associate hope with persecution? You're like, yeah, let's have it. Bring on the persecution. More death. How many of you are like, yeah, that's the, that's the Jesus I want to follow. I want to follow a Jesus that's going to have me stoned. I'm just making sure I'm just in the same room of people who think about this like me. <laughs> I'm all for the gospel spreading rapidly. I'm all for hope. What the, we have to be aware of is there is a collision of kingdoms because there is a kingdom that is not for it. There is a kingdom who stands opposed to it. There is a way in my human heart that would say, no, thank you. And so if we begin to tell a story of persecution, today we have to see the persecution that happened in the early church. And what we have to understand is there's a God who's at work. For those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. We're going to keep on reading, but check this out. Acts 8, hope spreads. Hope begins to spread in the midst of the early church. And I'm going to summarize it for you like this. Chapter 8 can be summarized in four words. Okay? Chapter 8 can be summarized in four words. Here's the first word. Samaria. Samaria. The good news is going to get scattered to Samaria because persecution breaks out. Sorcery. Spirit and Scripture. Okay, y'all say it with me. Samaria sorcery, y'all weren't expecting that one today, not church, spirit, and scripture. Chapter 8, you just read the whole chapter 8. Samaria, sorcery, the spirit, and scripture. Four words that summarize for us what we're going to see in chapter 8, and there's four questions. Where is God at work? Where is God at work? Who is God pursuing? Have you received the Spirit, and what do the Scriptures reveal? It's another way to think about reading the Scriptures. And so my hope today is that as we keep pressing into reading the Scriptures, you'll feel an invitation to hear God speak to you. I had this panic moment in uh, my sermon prep, and it's this sort of thing will happen for me sometimes when I'm preparing a message. Oh, it wasn't practical enough. You didn't give them enough steps to leave here to act on the scriptures. That's what's going through my head. What I'm basically feeling is the insecurity of not being good enough. <laughs> Anybody? No? Okay, good. And I just felt like I had this moment. I, I, this is not like a, to escape my own thing, but it's just really going like this. It's not my job to control your faith. It's not my job to control your obedience to the Lord. But what we're doing as a community is following Jesus together so that when we open up the scriptures and we preach the word of God, the Holy Spirit would fall on believers and we would hear the voice of God. We would be obedient to the scriptures. We'd be obedient to the Spirit. We would become like Jesus. And for as many people in this room, there's that many action items for when we leave this place. And it might be all the same for us. We all leave feeling convicted to read the scriptures this week and to love our neighbor. 
But for some of us, it might be forgiveness. For some of us, it might be receiving love. It might be mercy. So as we read the scriptures today, my question to you is, where is God calling you into his story? What is the Spirit going to speak to you? And the first thing we see is this. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria. We now get the diversity of the gospel being preached across ethnic lines, geopolitical lines. It's spreading and moving to people that had been divided. The gospel is going to unite. So listen to this. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. There was great joy in that city. Church, when we embrace the reality of being witnesses to what we have seen, to what we have heard, to the reality of Jesus, when we will preach that word of encounter, of reality, what we need to understand is our witness is for the freedom of people and it is connected to great joy for the city. We need to embrace our witness as joy. As joy. Like, I don't know how many of you came in here today thinking, you know what, when I witness about Jesus to people, it is always intended to be joy. Some of you are like, I've not seen that modeled for me, Kurt. Like, I always thought if I shared the gospel, I had to hit somebody really hard or I had to, like, truth shame them. No, when we proclaim and witness the person of Jesus, what we are actually joining is an encounter of God's kingdom that is intended to be great joy for the city. It's good news. We need to equate our witness to joy. Y'all with me this morning? Come on. All right. We're just getting started. That's the first one. What was that word? That was Samaria. Good. Y'all, all right. Good. This is working out. Samaria. All right. Let's check, let's, let's check out sorcery. Why not? Check this out. Verse 9. Now for some time a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. Did y'all know it talked about this in the Bible? Just curious. He boasted, he boasted, pay attention to that, he what? Boasted, lots of pride, that he was someone great. And all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, this man is rightly called the great power of God. They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his sorcery. But when they believed Philip as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized. And he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. Y'all catch that? The sorcerer, the great power of God who had done all these amazing things, sees these people show up with the power of the kingdom of God. He's now amazed and says, I'll follow you. I will follow you. And if you keep reading, what ultimately gets dealt with in the sorcerer's life is his pride. The big confrontation in his heart is pride. And he's humbled before God and gets to step into a better story. So here's my question to us out of this scripture. We have Samaria. Now we have sorcery. Who is God pursuing? 
The witness of the church is being proclaimed. The word of God is being proclaimed. Who is God pursuing? It's on the screen. Let's read this together. Everyone, even... What? Is this real? No, like this is in the scriptures. Who have you excluded from the pursuit of God? Who have we excluded? The living God in Jesus Christ is pursuing everyone. That's not a pass. That doesn't make it a free-for-all. But we cannot lose the heart of God in our witness which is to proclaim and see God demonstrate his power calling everyone home to his kingdom. Because if you look at this, what Philip is doing and what the early church is doing, they are not boasting in themselves. They are not building this ministry of power that puts the attention on them. They are inviting us, like them, to witness to the presence and power of the living God. The pressure is off. We just get to walk around and tell of what we have seen and what we have heard, and then we get to pray for people who have real need and say, God, in your mercy, come. God, in your mercy, let your kingdom come. We witness, not to our own amazingness, but to the power and presence of the living God. And here's where this helps me. Just real quick, when I exclude sorcerers from the reach of God, what I do is I make their, their lifestyle, their sorcery, more powerful and bigger than God's reach. So what we're not going to do in a day and time where there's a lot of arguments happening, we're not going to buy into the reality that people's sin is more powerful than Jesus crucified, buried, and resurrected. It is the good news of Jesus proclaimed in Acts that is the good news proclaimed today. It is joy, and the good news is the reach of God reaches past all the things that make me hard to reach for. And he says, I love you. Will you let me go to work on your life? Will you let me go to work on your life? So, first S was, second S, sorcery. Now where are we headed? The Spirit, good news. Here we go. We're just going to pick it up, verse 14. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. This is an anchoring thought for us as a local vineyard church. When we invite people to receive prayer, it's this. We don't have a whole lot to offer apart from the Holy Spirit. We lay hands on, with permission, you should always give permission, but we put a hand on somebody's shoulder, the laying on of hands is modeled in the early church, and it's to bless, and it's to show connection, and it's to say, God, anything you've imparted to me, impart to this person. The spirit that raised Christ from the dead that I've received, pour it out on this person. 
let your spirit come. We as believers are not called to live our faith journey out by our own spirit and by our own power. We are to receive the living God, the Holy Spirit, filling us so that we have a different well rising up inside of us. We have a different spring of life coming to life inside of us. Have you received the Holy Spirit? Do you wake up tomorrow morning aware that is the power and presence of the Holy Spirit resourcing you for what is ahead? Meeting you in every appointment, meeting you at every meal, meeting you in every sorrow, meeting you in every hope. It is God that close dwelling in you. This is good news. So that when we pray, it's not our power and strength, it's the hope of the inbreaking of the kingdom and the same spirit that's filling my life, I believe, wants to do work and come comfort and love and care the life that is standing in front of me. Acts 8, y'all, come on. Have you received the Holy Spirit? I'll never forget. I've grown up in the Vineyard Church. I've received a lot of prayer over my life. I said this from the stage a couple weeks ago. Personal prayer ministry. When I come and stand with other believers and I just say, God, I have a need. I really actually am not feeling your presence close to me. I just want to feel your presence. I just want to experience your love. I am worried, I'm afraid, I am sad, I am crushed. Whatever I am, I am aware of that and what I'm asking for is you. It has been one of the most helpful things on my faith journey. So we were at a vineyard conference and I go to get prayer because if you're here week in and week out, we invite you to come receive prayer. So I go down and this uh, pastor who had been a faithful leader in the vineyard prays for me, and he goes, Kurt, I believe you actually need more Holy Spirit than you have. And I was like, I felt judgy. You don't know me. And I was so struck by that. And you know what would have kept me from receiving? Pride. And I went and caught him in the lobby of this great space, and I said, can I ask you why you prayed that? And he said, he said, Kurt, I believe that you have asked the Holy Spirit for an, enough of the Spirit for your own life and maybe for your family. But you are stepping into a lead pastor role of a church and you need to ask for enough Holy Spirit for your whole city. And I was wrecked. Because I just had only thought so selfishly about the Holy Spirit so independently and personally about the Holy Spirit that I had the Holy Spirit. I got what I need. Good luck. We'll pray for you. Oh, but this invites us to a better story, which as followers of Jesus, we humble ourselves. And we just go, yeah, I need more than what I got. And for all the ways I've received the Holy Spirit over my faith journey, guess what? Today I stand in front of a community that I love and I ask you to pray with us about a big moment of faith. You know what I need today? More of the Spirit. More of the Spirit. So have you received the Holy Spirit? It just seems to be the gift and promise of God for you. Have you received the Holy Spirit? The other thing I want to connect to us in this is my wife Lauren showed me this post on social media, and it was pretty simple. They just said, how do you, like, 
how do you live a godly life without God? That's the idea. How do you live a godly life without God? Every one of you has been made in the image of God. It's amazing. God chose to do that. You have been made in the image of God. The question for all of us is, will we grow into the likeness? And the only way I can become like Jesus is to live like Jesus. And Jesus lived full of the Holy Spirit. I begin to live a godly life not because I know the right things, not because I'm so you know, re religious about the truth. I humble my life and I say, living God, Holy Spirit, take over and have authority. Lead me, guide me, fill me. This is how I live into the righteousness of Jesus Christ. It is not mine to create or generate. It is mine to receive and be formed more into in maturity and surrender. Samaria, sorcery, and the Spirit. And here is the last one. Anybody remember it? Scripture. Man, y'all are sharp this morning. You must have enjoyed the coffee at the cafe. Scripture. Listen to this. This is so cool, and it will put a nice bow. Picking it up in verse 29. The Spirit told Philip, being led by the Spirit, Philip having received the Spirit, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading, Philip asked? How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me? So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture that Enoch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else. Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. Could we all be so fortunate to have someone just come up next to us and just sit with us? Say, let me show you the scriptures. The scriptures point to Jesus, the one who came for you and loves you and salvation is for you and freedom is found in him. Do you know him? The scriptures tell the story of Jesus coming to rescue the world. And what I love is we get to be people that don't have to choose, but the spirit and the scriptures tell of the good news about Jesus. The Spirit encouraged and led Philip to be ready. And this person was exploring faith by asking good questions, reading the scriptures, going, no idea. I'm curious. I'm searching. I want to know. And this is what discipleship looks like. Discipleship is following Jesus together. I have discovered Jesus, and I am open with my story around people, and when the people around me begin to invite me closer to them, we sit together, 
and we open up the scriptures and we let the Spirit work and we proclaim Jesus. We proclaim his power. We proclaim his presence. We proclaim his love. We proclaim this faithful work of God pursuing. Pursuing. Who is God pursuing? We get two pictures here. We actually get three. He's pursuing all of Samaria, turns out. He's pursuing sorcerers. He's pursuing people riding chariots, reading the scriptures. He's pursuing you, even now. Do you know him? Do you know Jesus? We were singing today about I speak Jesus. I, was I just sort of found myself grateful and this is me working out my faith right now, because I get to keep working it out. And as we were singing like, about there being power in the name of Jesus, which was the theme of our songs today, which I'm so grateful for, I wanted to say, yeah, but the power is in the life. It's in the source of life, in God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But here's what's really cool. Jesus has a name because Jesus lived, embodied the good news of the kingdom, is a knowable person and presence, God. You can know Jesus. And we begin to discover this knowing of Jesus because the Spirit has been poured out and is calling us into the story. The Spirit is pursuing us on those edges of our life saying, hey, bring that to me. Come to me. And so what I think I see in Acts 6 and in Acts 8 is this closing thought. Spiritual hunger and humility are the soil for our salvation and transformation. Spiritual hunger and humility are the soil for our salvation. In Samaria, we get different stories of that people group being very spiritually open. The sorcerer had a power source to do some stuff, but was in awe of the power source of the kingdom of God. So much so that it called his life to a change and to a transformation. And ultimately, it was humility that brought him into the story fully. The humility to read this, receive the Spirit. Have you received the Holy Spirit? No, I didn't even know that was a thing. Well, let's pray for you. The spiritual hunger to open up the Scriptures and go, what is this talking about? Who? Who is this? I didn't even know I could know God. This is why the witness of the church matters today. That we would be a people who are humble in God's presence. That we would cultivate our spiritual hunger and when we see it happening everywhere with everyone, we would say, hey, can I come sit next to you? Can I tell you of my story? Can we read the scriptures together? The journey of following Jesus is following Jesus together. Receiving the Spirit, seeing the Scriptures come to life, and being transformed to be a faithful witness to our city. Let's stand together. I think God wants to meet us. Actually, let me change that. I think God has been meeting us today. 
And we want to lay hands on you, and we want to bless what God is already doing. We want to pray for healing. We want to pray for depression to break in Jesus' name. And I don't know, I didn't spend a lot of time in it, but did you see they prayed and like shrieks and impure spirits came out? That's probably good kingdom work too. So if you've just felt the oppression, the weight of like what just feels like, God, I just feel so weighed down by life, or there are other spirits at work here, the Holy Spirit will come and be gracious. And we can do that in community, and we can pray for the lame to walk, and it will be way more the work of the Holy Spirit than my faith. So we just come as a community. When we invite you to come and receive, it's just so that we can stand with you and we can lay hands on you just like we see in Acts 8. So I just want to echo what Jody shared. Another one of our prayer partners just said, if you have been suffering with depression, we want to pray for you to be free. Depression just steals the life. It just, it's, I don't know how to describe it other than it just feels like there's this thing that clouds out and covers us over in a way that we can't be ourselves. We want to pray for you today. I actually just believe if you have not received Jesus, I want to invite you to come. You can receive the life of Jesus today. You can be like that. You can open up the scriptures. Salvation is not yours to secure. God has secured it for you in Jesus, and he reaches for you, and he says, come walk in relationship with me. If you have had a hunger in your heart for God, you can receive that today by just in humility coming and saying, God, I want you. We'd love to pray for you on that. If you heard me talking about the Holy Spirit and you're like, oh man, that, that's uncomfortable. I don't know that. That's, or let me give a better word. It's unfamiliar. Just like in Samaria, they had not received the Holy Spirit. They did not know. We want to pray for you to experience and receive the Holy Spirit. It's good. The only reason I say this is because it's God. It's the promise of God for your life. That's how close God wants to be to you. And so if you have and you just want more, just be like me. Just keep coming to get prayer. Just come get prayer today. Let me see if I missed anything. No, that's good. Just come encounter what you need. What do you need? Spiritual hunger and humility. We'll pray for you. So if you know you would like to receive prayer today, just go ahead and come and just begin to gather down front and then our team will gather around you. Um, and I'm just gonna pray a prayer of blessing. And you don't have to rush off. You might need to just wait a minute. And here's my thought. God, do you want to meet me today? Do you want to encounter me more than you already have? God, do you want to encounter us more than you already have? If so, we want to linger in your presence and we want to receive prayer for one another. If you feel that tug right now, I just invite you to respond. Go ahead and come. And it might be, it might be taking every ounce of courage in you. That's okay. Just go ahead and come down front. You want to receive the Holy Spirit today for the first time or fresh and new. Come. You know you have need. You're tired. You're weary. Depression has been more normal to you than a sense of God's peace and comfort and love. We just invite you to come. If you have had barriers in your life about who God could reach, today might be a day to come and lay those down at the feet of Jesus and say, God, you reach whoever you want.
Do work to soften my heart where I have held up people as unreachable and unlovable. So God, we just pray for your power to be poured out. We just thank you for the ways we can respond in faith. And I just pray for the ways you've already been speaking to people, that yes is in our heart, the places that we were like yes to the scriptures, yes to the spirit, yes to your presence in worship. We just want to come and receive blessing for those. And so we say, for people who need healing, for people who need hope, for people who need salvation, you are reaching for us by your grace and mercy. And we bless this community to receive what they need today. In Jesus' name, amen.